no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we recap the Bears 27-10 defeat to the Green Bay Packers and much, much more. A-Dub, what the fuck, my guy? Tough loss today against the Packers, Chris. I thought it would be different, bro. Man, you and me, Bears Twitter, Bears Nation, I think we all kind of was thinking like, ooh, this is our best shot, man. We were thinking, hey, week one, the Packers didn't look so good. We thought, like, all right, we're catching them at the right time. Shit, we didn't know right time. Seven straight losses to this damn team. I'm tired of losing to the Packers, eh, dog? I'm tired of it, bro. <laughs> but, you know, I saw a lot of great things from the Bears. But, man, that doesn't matter to anybody. More victories like you always talk about, Perez. But the great big Packers, they came. They made adjustments for us that they need to do for game two. They got the win, man. Yeah, they made adjustments. And, and like you said, fuck moral victories, man. I don't even want to even talk about that type of stuff, man, because – in my eyes, all I'm looking at is the fact that this was a winnable game, bro. Agreed. This was a game that was there for the taking, bro, and we did not go take it. And I know we talked about leading into this season, and we know that this team is not in the contending stage. We know this is going to be a rebuild year. We know this season is about developing Justin, getting the young guys on our roster up and, you know, getting them up and ready. Also, just kind of seeing what we have on this roster, right? Who's going right. to be ready for when we do take that next step? So I understand. But it still don't take away from the disappointment and the fact of how we played tonight. I just feel like, man, this was a game that was, like, right there for the taking, bro. And I'm just like, what happened? You know what I'm saying? We're going to get into what we thought happened, but I just don't know what the fuck happened tonight. I'm like, damn, <laughs> bro. We just got posted <laughs> in the damn mouth. We did get punched in the mouth, friends. The sad thing about it is that Dub over here is still processing it right now. I tell you one thing. I always joke about Robitussin on this show, and I call the Detroit Lions our Robitussin. Well, we the fucking Packers Robitussin, man. I'm so sick and tired of this shit, man. Week one, the Packers, man, they did not look good. Aaron had that stupid look on his face when he's all frustrated, right? But guess right. what? We come to town and everything is all good. He over here smiling and shit, pointing on the floor. I'm sitting up here like, this a bitch. Hey, what a difference <laughs> a week made, eh, Doug? <laughs> Justin Fields was like, this rivalry means something to us. He's like, I know what this means. Cole commits a kid that's from here. He understands what this rivalry means. But guess what, eh, Doug? That shit does all talk to me because you got to go out there on the field and show your fans that this rivalry means something to you. Because I can't tell. I can't tell this rivalry has meant anything to anybody in this organization since Lovey left. Oh, that's all facts right there. At least that's what it appeared. I'm saying, like, Cole Commence talking about how this rivalry is a big deal to him. I, I love hearing that, but it's like, well, shit, shit, talk is cheap. Show me on the field. I want to hear about it. I'm tired of losing to these guys. Man, we have lost 20 of the last 23 matchups, I believe, in this series. And that's going back to, what, the 2018 season? Yeah, Pretty much so much in that range there. At some point, you got to crack that cold, man, to get some victories. I don't even know, man. But going into this game, you and I both predicted on our preview pod that the Bears will win this game. 
because we were feeling confident. We liked what we saw in week one against the Niners, that game plan, the adjustments that were made in that second half, but also the fact we talked about it with the Packers. Injury issues there, potentially on that offensive line. We saw that Bakhtiari was inactive, right? So we right. thought, hey, there might be an opportunity there. We also thought, hey, the chemistry or their lack of with Rodgers and his receivers, that might be a potential issue, right? But then going into this game, we see, hey, Lazara comes back. Jenkins comes back from that ACL. Aaron Jones benefited A-Dub from the return of Jenkins. He did, man, because you can see they ate through that route. Every time they ran that direction, for the most part, they ate well. So it was happy to have them back as a Packers fan, Packers Nation, and it worked out in their favor. Now, for us on the inactive side, man, our rookie, man, I, I want to see Velas Jones out there in the field, man. The second consecutive week, man, he was inactive with that hamstring. He did practice on a limited basis in the middle of the week. But he had a setback in practice, and he actually missed the next two practices, so inactive. But I want to see what this kid can do, man. I want to see him out there maybe helping us kind of open up and stretch the field a little bit, man. I just, I'm just looking forward. I'm hoping that maybe he can get out there against the Texans. We'll see. But those hamstring injuries, A-Dub, tricky, man. Soft tissue injuries, they always can kind of just, like, rear up on you at the wrong time. Yeah, they do, man. You're right. Those kind of injuries, you just never know when you can come back. And when you could also have a setback like he did. So it's like, man, I'm looking forward to seeing him get out there for his, but I know he wants to be out there with the team as well. So hopefully he can get back there soon. Well, let's kind of talk through a couple of the things that we discussed on the preview pod as we look at this game that happened. One of the things that we, you and I talked about was key matchups. And so when I'm looking at some of these key matchups, the first one I want to chat with you about is our interior offensive line versus Kenny Clark. Now, in my opinion, I thought in the first half of the ball game, they did an excellent job, whether it was Whitehair, whether it was Mustafa, whether it was Jenkins. I thought they did a really good job of passing around that fucking ass whooping to him. Oh, yeah. They didn't let him dominate. I would give the Bears credit on their part, Perez. So you're right. They let him tee off on us. So I thought the, the offensive line did a good job against them. Yeah, I thought he was pretty quiet in this ball game, And, and I thought that was key. I also liked the fact that, we ran the ball pretty well. You know, we'll get into that when we get into our breakdown of the game plans and whatnot. But I thought, hey, just on the outskirts of everything, I was pretty pleased with what I saw there. But then when you look at another key matchup, A-Dub, that we talked about, we talked about Roquan Smith versus Aaron Rodgers. Now, in that matchup there, Aaron Rodgers got the best of Roquan. Damn, it was like, yeah, you just kind of see it, right? You see it forming. It was more of a chess match right there for us that Aaron Rodgers just – won against them on that part. Yeah, and, and I would just say, just from my standpoint, we talked about in the previous show, Roquan Smith has done a pretty good job in his career when he's faced the Packers. This game tonight, for a guy that's looking for a mega contract extension, Roquan, this ain't it, bro. Where you at? Get off the blocks. Fill the gaps. Come on, man. Like, Roquan, this is DBE over here, man. Well, listen, we ride with you, but we also won't call it a buck, man. Where you at, bro? Because, <laughs> like, I'm looking at this game. I'm like, 58, what you doing? It was bad. It was bad. I'm going to get into that a little bit later on. But right there, that shit bothered me. Because I'm sitting here thinking, we need the roll corner we've seen in previous Bears-Packers games tonight. We didn't get that shit, a dub. We did not get it, Prez. And the impact of him being there wasn't there. He did not put his blueprint on this game at all. No. Another key matchup. Cole Komet versus Quay Walker. Now, this was a matchup that I thought that we should have really gone after because the Vikings did in their matchup. They went after Quay 
every chance they got. And coverage, he showed to be a liability. In this game here, Cole Kmet had one fucking target in this game. When I look at this, another missed opportunity. Cole Kmet, where you at, son? Now, this is the year that we was all hyping every. This was the year, A-Dub, that we were all hyping them up. We saw what was going on in the training camp, and we were like, hey, in this offense, Cole Komet is going to be a target king. I'm looking at his two weeks into the season, and I'm like, bro, where the tight end at? What Cole at? It's tough to even see that happening to him because I thought this guy, you're right, would be a big target for us. But that has not been happening at all, so it's been the total opposite. So I'm hoping, man, that eventually he can start showing us something. Last key matchup, your boy Money Moon versus Jair Alexander. Now, week one, I gave Money Moon a pass because I said, you know what? Bad weather conditions. The field was atrocious. They were going up against a really solid Niners defense. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Money Moon a little bill. But now we got week two here. Darnell Mooney, one catch, negative four yards receiving. Where you at, Mooney? Where you at, bro? You got to make yourself known here, Money Moon. I mean, you only got two targets. That's also part of his fault as well, Perez. But you got to get open, man. Got to find a way. You know, I talked about this on a preview show. That's something he has to do and figure it out. So far, Perez, in this season, he has not figured it out. No. And a lot of people will see here and, and they talk that shit about A-Rob. But Mooney is, he's probably missing a guy like A-Rob. Now, we saw some of that piss poor effort that A-Rob had towards the end of the season with, you know, not blocking, not running his routes out all the way. But I think Mooney is missing a presence of a true number one guy. Now, I'm not going to just come and take shots at him after two games, but I'm wondering if Mooney is more of a complimentary number two receiver. You get a number one in here to kind of take the pressure off the guy where he can do what he does best. We'll see what happens here, but maybe he was miscast as a number one. Or the fact that he's still learning how to be number one, right? It, because you're right, A-Rod was here last year. A-Rod was still our number one, even though he didn't get the yards. People right. still target A-Rod. That's right. So now, you Money Moon, you are the guy. Everyone knows who you are opposing teams. So they're coming for you. You are the target. What can you do now? Can you now turn into a hunter? Because now you'd be the one that's being hunted. Well, and that's my point. Week one against the 49ers, they were bracketed. And they took him out of the ball game. Yep. Packers did the same thing. So that's what I'm saying, man. At, at the end of the ball game, Cooper Cup, wide receiver one. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one. Right. Every team in the NFL game plans against these guys. And I know people are like, hey, you're comparing him against some of the top receivers in the league. I, I want you guys to get the parallel in the sense that those guys get targeted too. Right. And they still go out there and make plays. Got to make plays. And I'm with you there, Press. He has to make plays, man. He has to figure it out. And the thing is, he cannot go to this third week with the same production he's been giving us in these first two weeks. He got to get better. He got to show it on the field. No. Well, kind of let's go back to some of our keys to victory, Dub. So, first one, getting off to a fast start. Now, in this game, I thought we relatively did that. That drive that we had when we were up seven to three, that drive felt good. Justin <laughs> ran it in. I said, hey, that is what you need to do to an Aaron Rodgers-led team. You got to get out to a fast start, as I mentioned, but you also got to score points against him. And then what happens after that drive? I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> you know what, Prez? When we got that touchdown, I was thinking, like, the keys to the game. This is one of Prez's keys right here. Prez called it out. And then we go three straight possessions, three and outs. I'm like, oh, oh man, that hurts badly, bro. Yeah, 
Yeah, because this is the thing. You can't afford to do that against Aaron Rodgers because what was the score at the half? 24 to 7. Because we had them three consecutive three and outs. You can't keep giving number 12 the football like that. Can't keep doing that. Not that quickly, prayers at that, right? We're not spending much time at all on the field. These are three and outs. So you now all of a sudden, this dude starts to catch a rhythm. That's what you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers do, catch a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So that, that's like one of the biggest things. I'm not going to recap all of the keys to victory, but that was the biggest one because when I was looking at this game, I'm like, man, we, we did that one, but then like, we didn't do nothing with it. Just like the fact, too, A-Dub, okay, we got the running game going. That was something else that we talked about. Right. That was a nice rhythm. But then it seemed like at times we went away from the run. And that kind of bothered me because I'm sitting here like, hey, when that running game was working, let's just do it. Like, what are we doing? Right. If it's working, you got to keep going with it, right? Continue feeding it. And the good thing is that Montgomery responded, Press. So it's oh, like, yeah. hey, you got it going on. Why go away from him? Nah, you, you, you don't go away with what's, what's working. That's the, definition, that's the definition of insanity. And that's the thing, man. When I look at what we did today, I'm like, this shit just didn't make any sense. That's why... Honestly, like I'm with I'm with you. I'm still processing what we saw today. You know what I mean? Right. Because for me, I'm like, all I saw was a, a team that didn't want it as much as the team on the other side of the field. Because being down 24-7, man, that's a lot of ground you got to make up. So you're right. Feel like the Packers really wanted and we did not. Because you got to think about in that second half of the game, they only scored three points. To your point, okay, yeah, we came out in the second half, made adjustments. The Packers did turn the football over, but missed opportunity there because they turned that football over. We only get a field goal out of that. When you get the ball like that in that type of field position, you got to punch that shit in. Yeah. You got to take full advantage of that, man, and make Aaron Rodgers pay. Three points is just not enough. No, that ain't enough. I'm not going to sit here and get happy over a Cairo Santos 44-yard field goal. Anyway, I come to expect him to hit those anyway. That's not even an issue. The issue (laughs) for me is, Bro, leaving points on the field. That's a major issue right there, Perez, because you already knew. We talked about this already. 10 points is just not enough, man. No, I ain't going to do a, a damn thing. Again, I, I got to go back to it. Jumping out to that 7-3 lead, A-Dub. Hey, that shit felt good. <laughs> you know, at that point in the game, I was sitting over here when I was writing my notes. I was like, man, all right. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> talked about. Okay, let's go, right? Right. Man, that second quarter came, man. I ain't had no smile on my face, man. That food I was eating, my daddy didn't want this food. I That shit's still sitting on the damn table. I'm like, I don't even want this, man. Y'all made me lose my damn appetite over here, man. <laughs> All of a sudden, go to a hot start, to a terrible start, to a terrible ending in a way, if you want to call it that, right? So I'm with you, Perez. I don't know what's really going on. Of course, you know, you and I both probably going to watch this game again, but it just felt really bad just seeing the team go down like that, Perez, after scoring a quick touchdown like that. Yeah, I mean, because look, that was a 71-yard, seven-play drive, capped off by the Justin Fields touchdown run. And I'm sitting here thinking like, all right, this is what we wanted to see with this ball club. But to the point that you made, the shit went all downhill from there. And I'm sorry, but I got to come for him. Luke Getty, what you doing, man? Like, bro, you ain't on the Packers payroll no more, bro. What the fuck was you doing out there today, bro? I'm scratching my head at his play calling today, A-Dub. He did not set this offense up for success at all. And you, you hit already on some key players who have not shown up. And part of the reason, Money Moon, Commit, may not have shown up, get a blame Getsy as well. What are you doing to help him too? 
So you got to play a big part in that. The play calling is no, all those things as well plays a factor. And I think that that's a fair point, and I want to kind of unpack that a little bit because yes, those guys actually have to do better, and we know that. Right. But as the offensive coordinator, you got to do a better job of scheming these guys open as well. And I'm not seeing that. When I did my film review from the 49ers game, I was like, hey, you got to do a little bit better job with the route trees and variations on the routes. That wasn't there. Now, when I look at the game today, or I mean, when I look at the film on this game, I'm sure I want to feel the same way. Because right. to the point that I was making, Mooney's not getting open. Komet's not getting open. I'm looking at Justin Fields when he's standing in the pocket. I'm, I'm guarantee you when he's looking down the field, he don't see nobody open. And that makes it tough for your quarterback right there. Like, hey, I'm trying to figure this thing out, right? I'm trying to look at my guys, these options here, and the options are not available. So that's what you got to look and say, Getsy, you got to change some things around here, man. Because to the point we saw, we start seeing people kind of being critical of Justin, you know, saying, oh, he's holding on to the football. You know, he's not making quick decisions. That's easy for us to do the Monday morning quarterback with this thing when we're not standing in a pocket that's collapsing with receivers and, and tight ends that aren't getting open. What you want to get to do? Because I'm not going to sit up here and say that he was perfect because he wasn't. It was an uneventful night for him. But his offensive coordinator also did not help him out. He didn't do him any favors. I'm sorry. I just think when you don't let this kid fucking throw the ball. One of the other things that I said, which I think I need to bring up, A-Dub, I just thought about it. One of my other keys was the fact of, like, let Justin Fields make plays. Open it up for him. You're not opening anything up when you only let this kid throw the ball 11 times. It's time yeah. to take the training wheels off. I'm with you there, Perez. But you're right. You still got to have a balance with that and let Justin Fields do Justin Fields and put him in a situation to where he can be successful. And that part of it, I didn't see enough of that, letting Justin Fields go, let him loose, and let him make some things happen. Listen, in this game, I thought there was times where they should have run the ball more, but then I also thought there was a point, there was a point in the game where they should have thrown the ball more and let Justin do what he needed to do. And I think that you should be able to ask for those things as the fan base. I mean, as a fan base, yeah. I, I, I hear people that are like, oh, the fan base don't know what they want. No, what we want is balance. Right. And that's not what we got today. Did not get it at all. But I, I still want to give props to Montgomery. I want to give props to Herbert. I want to give props to that offensive line, not from a pass protection standpoint, but from the running game standpoint. I thought they opened up holes there in that fourth quarter, and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert was just running downhill. That shit was beautiful, man. David Montgomery was showing you why he's the number one running back here in Chicago. Those runs, he was running angry, Man, he was bouncing off people. I'm sitting up here like, I always joke with you, A-Dub. I'm like, I would never want to try to tackle him or her. No, for real, man. Those dudes are hard to tackle, friends. You're right. Ted Montgomery was getting downhill, man, breaking tackles, and he was making things happen, man. So you got to love the way he ran today. He went to the football very effective today. The thing that I think the fan base was pissed off about is the fact that on that first drive, the running game was going well. Then they went away from it until that fourth quarter. What was the thinking there? Like, what what went into the decision-making to say, we're going to go away from this? It worked on that first drive, but now we're going to go away from it and not do it. Then you go away from it, and then you don't even let the quarterback throw the ball 11 times. Like, what are we doing? You're right. That falls on Getty. You got to take full ownership of that piece. And then there was that decision, A-Dub, uh -oh. to have Justin Fields in the shotgun. Uh-oh. Rather than under center, 
on fourth and goal from the goddamn one-yard line. Luke Getze has a lot of explaining to do. And I'm sorry, to me, nothing is going to make sense to me about that, bro. If you're going to do the quarterback sneak, have him do it from under center. Agree. Don't have him doing that shit out of the shotgun. But even still, even though you put Justin in that bad-ass predicament, he still scored on that play. We all saw that replay. That ball crossed the goal line. The referees said no. But that shit was clearly a touchdown. And A-Dub, if they would have gotten that call right, that's a one-possession game now, a one-score game. Yeah, a momentum change as well. Now the Bears got all the momentum right, Perez, and you never know how the game may end up at that point. But you're right, that was a critical play, critical moment. I thought he got in there, but the referees felt different. And so this this is my problem with that whole thing is because when Iberflus challenged it, I was like, yeah, that was a good challenge because that's definitely going to be a touchdown. Right. And, I, and I'm not going to sit up here because I saw a lot of people were saying the referees are this and that. Listen, yeah, the referees, they, they were off when this game. And you know what's going to happen when you played Green Bay and Lambeau. The referees are going to favor them. But the referees are not the reason why the Bears lost tonight. I just want us to stop it with that game there when it comes to this game in particular. Our coaching staff lost us this game. The execution was not there. I don't know what the strategy was or what the thinking was. It was just, it was not a well organized, it was not a well thought out game plan. On offense, I don't know what the hell they were doing. On defense, A-Dub, the Packers ran the ball down our fucking throats. I thought we'd be able to stop the run, man. I was like, hey, the Bears are going to stop this run. They're going to get tired of this. They're going to stop it. Nope. It continued to happen, man. And they made us pay. And I thought that was part of the game plan. Should have been part of our Bears game plan. You knew what Rodgers and the team was going to do this game to try to utilize those two running backs. And they did all game. I mean, I I, I just have to say it, right? So I think I heard during the broadcast, A-Dub, that Aaron Jones at one point in the game was averaging almost 10 yards a carry. I'm like, so every time this guy's touching the football, he's getting the first down? <laughs> and that was why I went in on Roquan earlier, because I'm sitting here like, Roquan, where you at? He wasn't in the gaps that he was supposed to have been in. He was missing fucking tackles. They, those guys were bouncing off of fucking A.J. Dillon. And I know A.J. Dillon, hey, that's a bowling ball. Easier said than done. For, hey, easier for me to say, hey, you're not tackling A.J. Dillon because I'm not the one out there doing it. But shit, y'all getting paid millions of dollars. Get your goddamn jobs done. Because I hated seeing that shit. I'm like, these guys were just running the ball at will. And then it was opening up for Aaron to do what he needs to do from the passing game. Absolutely. When you don't tackle those guys in the, in the backfield, you have them, or let them continue to eat off on yards, man. That just puts your defense in a tough, tough spot. And you're right. It just made things easy for Aaron Rodgers. Fine, yeah, they're supposed to make tackles. But your damn linebackers and your damn D-line is supposed to keep them from getting that far. If they True. get into the secondary, that's already 10, 12 yards. Yeah. That's why I want our linebackers to step up. That's why I want our D-line to get tight, because this is unacceptable, bro. This is now two games. In this season, we're, we're getting gashed on the ground. This is not the Chicago Bears defense that we have come to know in this town. We stopped the fucking run in this city. Right now, teams are running at us, and they are seeing stuff on tape, and they're like, oh, shit. The Packers were like a kid in the candy store, A-Dub. They couldn't wait to get to that line of scrimmage to punch us in the fucking mouth. Man, just watching how Aaron Rodgers was looking, and he had the opportunity to even pass it. He was just calling those run plays, man. And I'm like, man, this dude is enjoying seeing Aaron Jones and Dylan just run through our through, through this line, man. And it just 
make you look angry just seeing it happen over and over again. Shit, a little angry. You know what really pissed me off? Second to 28. Oh. They convert that shit and then score. Now, I'm sitting up here. When they threw that backwards-ass pass and they considered it a carry, so they lost the yardage, I'm thinking, well, sweet, we're in a good position here. Right. <laughs> but then what does fucking Aaron do? Throws that quick-ass pass to Dobbs. Yep. And I want to just say something here. This is something that I've always said about Aaron Rodgers, A-Dub. The guy gets the ball out super quick, and on that play, it was no different. When you have a quarterback that can get the ball out that decisively, it's almost impossible to stop that shit. And that's what we saw there in that series. Man, that was a huge play, Perez, because you're right. Second and 28 goes to now third and eight. Bro, we have to get that stop. You're right. Aaron Rodgers made the right, a quick decision on that. But, man, our defense got to be ready for something like that. Yes, they got to stop that. But my point is, when you got a quarterback that's getting the ball out one, two seconds, boom, that's pretty tough to beat. And that's why I wanted to call that out. That was tough on our defense. And it's almost damn near impossible to try to put pressure on Rodgers because of that reason. But that's why you got to make sure that you're strong in your gap integrity and your defense. Make sure that your guys are covering. Because if not, he's going to pick you apart. And that is what he did. He picked us apart. He didn't do anything special today. Not at all. He took what the defense gave him. And that's what he's going to do against you. Running the football, they ran for almost 200 yards in the game. He didn't, he didn't have to do anything much. But I just still hate to see that when they, we do have them backed up, backed up, Perez, we can't finish the job. Because you hear the point about that being out with Dobbs and having them get that 20 yards run on that on that play, man. That's just something you just can't have happen, man. Yeah. But when you look at the Packers, their game plan, they stayed true to that game plan. They, did. they had a game plan that made sense. Because coming into this matchup, we heard LaFleur say that he wanted to get the ball in Jones' hands as more than he did in week one and often. And they did that right away, whether it was in the running game, whether it was as a receiver. He had the ball in his hands a lot today. And my thing is, I kept, I just got tired of seeing 33. Every time I was looking up, I saw the back of his jersey. And I'm like, that's never <laughs> a good thing for, to see the running back, the back of his jersey. That means that man is too far up the goddamn field, ain't done. To add insult to injury, after the reps did not give us that touchdown, which I thought should have been a touchdown, this game was really fucking over. The, the Packers really put the nail in the coffin on that ensuing drive when De Aaron Rodgers found Sammy Watkins for that deep pass, 50-yarder, that set up the field goal for Mason Crosby. That was the only three points that the Packers scored in that in the half, and it came after that Justin Fields play, which should have been a touchdown. I don't care what anybody says. When I saw the replay, I'm like, that's a touchdown. When you see people do the little freeze frame, it's all over the internet. That was a missed call. Yeah. Should have been a touchdown. We got robbed there. I will agree with you there, Perez. We got robbed on that play. But you know what, man? Hey, dog, I'm tired of bitching about this team right now. I want to turn the page to some bright spots, at least initially, because we're going to have some underperformers we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about some positive stuff real quick, man. I don't like when I get all negative on the show, man. I don't like it. So <laughs> I get it, bro. So, yeah, man. So I'm going to give out a game ball real quick on offense. David Montgomery, not going to be a surprise to anybody. This guy was probably one of the few bright spots on this offense. Accounted for over 100. I think it was like 136, 137 scrimmage yards. Had 122 on the ground. 
8.1 yards per carry. Now, I don't get all crazy into the stats, but I got to bring that one up. That is fucking sick. That goes to speak to this man's determination, what he means to this offense. And as I always say, Dub, where would we be without David Montgomery? If we didn't have David Montgomery in this game, this shit would have been, man, we would have been on this show. I probably would have cut this bitch off after 10 minutes. I'm like, you know, ain't never, I ain't got nothing. Because um, I'm tired of losing to the Packers, bro. I'm serious. I'm tired of this shit every time. I got myself, I got, I get, I gave myself a little hope in this matchup. And now I'm sitting over here just like, what the fuck? That dude did run very well today. I mean, we talked about a little bit earlier about him breaking tackles. I was like, this guy is pushing the pushing the envelope, man. And after having a subpar game in game one, a week one, he comes back in week two and shows exactly who he is. So I gotta give a guy a lot of kudos. I agree with you. He deserves it, bro. Every score position late in the game was set up because of him. Yep. We just couldn't capitalize, bro. But he gets my game ball for week two. That's, that's the guy I looked at as well, Perez. I say he, he's the undisputed on this game here for the Bears. He was the one. All right. Well, who are you giving your defensive game ball to, my guy? I'm giving the Travis Gibson. Okay. That dude came to play, Perez. You talk about putting sacks out there, Aaron Rodgers, putting some hits on him. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, he was going against a – Right tackle, right Jenkins, who came back. So right. it wasn't like he's going to get some old little rinking dink, you know, right tackle. He came to bring his best against the best. So, hey, one of the better guys who had right tackle. So he showed to me that, hey, he was ready for this game here. He wanted to put Aaron Rodgers on his back. He wanted to apply pressure. He did that in this game. I mean, A-Dub, I, I was right there with you. I mean, I feel like you and I were on the same page as far as the game balls because I give mine to Gibson as well. And what did I say in our preview show when it came to Gibson? I said, hey. It wasn't like he had a bad game in week one. But I said right. he's going to have to step it up a little bit because Dominique Robinson is right there kind of on his bumper a little bit. And I always say iron sharp as iron. You could tell Gibson was playing with a little something extra because he sees that rookie behind him. He sees him. He sees him. <laughs> yeah. But shout That's out to nice. Travis because he stepped it up. Two sacks. The one play where he was literally held, they didn't call it. And he Man, still made the sack. Here's the sad part. You're right. He was being held, friends. The referee straight say there's no penalty on this play. <laughs> when it's clearly is one, but you're right. Gibson still get the sack anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, listen, game ball for Trev. Great performance. Not only just the sacks, but the quarterback hits. I yep. feel like he was back there, you know, he was really frustrating Aaron Rodgers in the, in the first part of that game. And it was cool, like, seeing Aaron all frustrated. That makes me happy. End of the game, Aaron got the last laugh on me. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was pissed <laughs> off watching him pointing at his coach and all smiling in the post guy. I was like, man, get out of here. Get out of right. here. <laughs> You're right, Perez. He did get the last laugh. Last laugh. We'll let him have it. Yep. All right, man. Who's your underperformer? Week two. Week two, my underperformer. I didn't want to go this route, but I have to go Gordon. He was my underperformer in week two. Here's why, Perez. It wasn't just about missing tackles. It was also even in, you know, in, in, the, in the coverage. I mean, the 55, 50 yard he said to Watkins, that was on Gordon. That was all yep. on him, man. Also, when he built the play, right, one of the plays early on that led to a big pass uh, to Lazar, that was on Gordon as well because he throws a run play. He wasn't in a good position, ended up being a good pass. So it's like, look, dude, you got to make some good decisions. You also missed some tackles out there too. So you add all that up together for us as a whole. I got to look at him and say, look, they target you for a reason. You show some signs of youth but you'll be fine down the road. I mean, 
Adam, I mean, yeah, I, I, I could totally um, understand why you would give him your underperformer designation. But to me, I figured it was a no-brainer that they were going to go after him. You got a rookie here. They weren't yep. going to go after Jalen Johnson. <laughs> True. And so, yeah, the, the Packers not only went after him, but they were successful. And the fact of the matter is their success killed our defense in this game tonight. It really did. Brother Gordon, and I know he's a rookie, but he was awful tonight. He was yeah. really fucking bad. I'm not even just talking about that play to Watkins. That one pissed me off. When he gave out, he gave up the touchdown and coverage. He did. He did, man. It, it happened so quick, a quick slant, whatever, and a catch. And that was it, right? But I'm like, come on, man. You got to be better in, in those areas on one-on-one matchups. And to the point, though, that you made, just to kind of get a kid a little bit of a break, he is a rookie. He's going to have growing pains. But, hey, man, you're in the big leagues now. And so I'm hoping that, you know, he watches film, sits down with Alan Williams, sits down with his position coach, and figures this shit out. Because you got to think about this. They got this guy playing on the outside and the nipple. He's yeah. all over the field right now. So I'm just hoping that he settles in because teams are going to keep picking him out. They're going to find out where number six is on that field. They're <laughs> going to see what the Packers did. There's other teams that are going to do this until he shows teams, no, nah, you don't want none of this over here. Take that shit somewhere else. Exactly. He's going to have to stand his ground. My underperformer for week two, A-Dub, and as a guy that I spoke about earlier in the show, Roquan Smith. <laughs> now, I'm just going to say this, man. This is not the second week in a row that I'm looking at Roquan. I'm like, where you at, bro? Like, really? Now, you and I, we both kind of was like giving Roquan the benefit of the doubt with the whole trade demand, the whole situation with training camp and not practicing and uh, what was he, a hold-in and all this other bullshit and the letters and all this crazy stuff. Well, look, Ryan Poles is looking to be a fucking genius because Ryan Poles is like, first of all, we wanted to pay the guy, but it was a certain level that we weren't going to go to. And I think we're starting to see what Ryan Poles saw because Ryan Poles is like, no, 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 no. We need to see what you're going to do in this defense. And right now in this defense, Roquan is not getting it done. Now, I'm not saying these words – like, I don't fucking have faith for Roquan to get it together. But I'm telling you, week one, week two, Roquan to not get it done. And this man wants to get a contract north of $20 million a season. You got to show us something. I hate to agree with Mac, A-Dub. But he was on this show, and he was calling Roquan Smith empty calories. And at he the did. time, I thought that that shit was a little harsh. But now as I think back to those words of Mac, and I say, hmm. He's feeling a little bit empty calories, a Doug. Because <laughs> the thing is, you got to do it when it counts, Chris. That's what Mac was alluding to. Right now in this game, like you were saying against the Packers, against week one against 49ers, you got to get it done when it matters. And right now, two weeks in a row, we have not gotten it done where it matters most. And again, against the Packers at that, where everyone gets a chance to watch, <laughs> you got to perform, man. And when you got to perform like this here, it's a problem. Uh, I mean, it's it. Hey, this is a results oriented business as I always say he's not matching what he wants to make with his performance on the field right now now some people will say oh man well he had all these tackles in the game well cool I'm glad he had tackles where are the impact plays the guy didn't shed off of blocks bro I'm sorry I'm with you friends that's what you talk about the impact plays that's what money guys do they make impact plays he didn't make any. If you think about that, 
hey, that should resonate with Roquan. No, that's true. And I got one more, man. I got one guy that I'm going to put on the radar. <laughs> Your boy Money Moon. And Big Dave wanted me to tell you. He was like, hey. He said, what's up with his boy Money EBT? <laughs> and you know what, Big Dave? In case you're listening, you're right, man. That bank ain't been open. I'm like, shit, I know the bank don't be open on Sundays, but shit, sometimes last season, Darnell Mooney opened that bitch. Where you at, Darnell? What's up, man? Hey, I'm calling him by his government name. I'm with you. He got to get open, man, because right now, that bank is somewhere hidden in the vault. He got to get it open, man, for real. Take the chains off, bust it open, man, and get through. Share some of that loot, baby. So, Money Moon, you got to get open, man. You got to make something happen, because right now, I am not impressed with these first two weeks. No, and I and I tell you this much too. I know y'all been wanting. I, I know y'all been patiently waiting for A-Dub to give you one, but it ain't happening today. So we're gonna look on to next week against those Houston Texans. The return of Lovey Smith coming to town, A-Dub. I'm hoping this ain't gonna be no damn Lovey Smith revenge tour type of performance <laughs> that comes here. But right now, when I'm looking at this Houston Texas team and they barely scored any points against the Broncos, I'm like, hey, this might be the perfect matchup for us because this is another game. That should be a winnable game, eh, Doug? It should be a winnable game, friends. But we got to show up and show out, man. They're not going to give it to us. And you're right. Lovey Smith, he knows who he's playing against, Brez. He already know. Yeah, and, and Lovey got a lot of pride. So he's going to try to come in here and do a little something-something. But we're going to have a preview show for you guys this week. We're going to launch that on Thursday. We're going to go into all things Houston Texans. We're going to talk about the injury report. We're going to get you guys all set up. And then we're going to have our winner circle show that we're going to release on Friday. We'll give you guys our best betting picks for week three. So listen, audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform. We're the Bears Centrals, and we are out.